0: Good morning. This morning's reading is Luke 24, verses 1 through 6a, the Resurrection. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not there, but has risen. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. All right. Good morning. It is great to see you all here this morning to be gathered together to celebrate Again, the good news that Jesus is risen, and uh, um, my name is Dave, I'm the lead pastor here at Redemption Tucson, and it's great to have you all here. If if you're new, or you've never heard me preach before, or you don't recognize me, because I have a tie on once a year. I do this. Um, Then, uh, yeah, I do want to give you all a uh, a heads up that I have a heat impediment. It kind of comes in and out as I go, Um, and I want to make sure that you all know what that is. It's not April Fool's uh, joke or anything like that, although that would be a good one, right, if I actually have been tricking you all along, and uh, (laughs) this is the the day I I let the cat out of the bag, but... um, no in uh in um I do though actually also as you can probably hear I'm recovering from I joked last week about the Plague that has descended upon Tucson, and I got hit with it um, right after uh, right after the service last Sunday. I got hit with it, and I uh, was have been terribly sick all week, but thankfully have bounced back and am um, so glad to be here this morning. And uh, it did give me unique perspective on Good Fr- Friday. I'll I'll share that um, honestly. But uh, um, and also kids, I want to welcome the kids in here. Hi, kids. You can say hi and cheer. Yeah, it's great to have all the kids in here this morning and to be all here together as a big family um, all together. So we're going to get into our time pretty quickly here. And uh, this is usually the shortest sermon of the year. Um, Has nothing to do with the fact that all the kids are in here. But uh, let's go ahead and um, turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 24. If you have a Bible or an app or however it is you read God's Word, if you don't have a Bible, would you uh, hold your hand up high and keep it up and somebody will get you a bible in si no si no es esta um, again we're in Luke 24 and um, if you don't own a bible would you keep this one okay we want to make sure everyone has a bible. This is our gift to you. We want to make sure everyone has a copy of God's word to read and follow along with and to be transformed by. Uh, with that, let me go ahead and pray for us as we get into our time together in God's word. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you that we know the good news that the sun will rise again. Lord, whatever we're walking through, wherever we might find ourselves, Lord, whatever sickness or pain or uh, re- relational discord or job loss or where, wherever we might find ourselves, whatever brokenness we're reminded of is in the world around us. The fact that your son Jesus did not stay dead, though he willingly laid down his life the fact that you rose him victoriously from the dead, Lord, that defines everything. That defines our lives. That defines all of human history, Lord. That gives us hope, or to be shaped by, to be motivated and encouraged by. So I pray that wherever we find ourselves this morning, Lord, we will come face to face with Jesus risen from the dead and that we will not leave here unchanged. And we pray in his name, amen. So, how did we find ourselves here this morning? How are we all come here, gathered together, dressed up? You know, we've all done different things this morning, whether it's getting donuts or, you know, finding Easter eggs or Easter baskets, and we all come here together. There are about seven billion people in the, on, on the earth, and about 2.2 billion people call themselves Christians. I don't know how many of those that's, you know, authentic and would, would genuinely be followers of Jesus. But either way, that's a massive number of people. By far, this day is the most attended church service of the year. Not just for us here at Redemption Tucson, but throughout the entire world, right? People are celebrating. People are gathering together. This is by far the most attended church service of the year. And again, 2.2 billion people would call themselves followers of Jesus or Christians. That's what that, that word means. Well, how did we get there? How did we go, if you're familiar with history, just a bit more than uh, 2,000 years ago, there were no more than about 12 to you know 20 or so followers of Jesus, people who called themselves Christians. And how do we go from 12 to 2.2 billion to those of us gathered here today? Well, the answer is the resurrection. Okay, Jesus' followers, his closest followers, went looking on a Sunday morning, the first day of the week. Some of us forget that Sunday has historically been the first day of the week. So Jesus died on a cross, And it was not a nice, pretty, decorated, you know, display like we have here this morning, though now it's a victorious symbol. It was a shameful, brutal, ugly, bloody torture device. And Jesus died on that. And his closest followers went looking the day after the Sabbath. Sabbath was Saturday, so on Sunday morning, early Sunday Two women, actually, two sisters, rushed to where Jesus' body had been laid, looking for his dead body. And that's where we'll pick up in Luke 24. But on the first day of the week, again, for our thinking here, I understand that's Sunday morning. On the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, so a massive, heavy stone that no one man could could move had been rolled over this tomb, and there were actually Roman guards set outside of it. So Jesus' body was completely protected um, because people feared that it would be sc- stolen, so people could you know kind of pretend that something happened. But in, in, in somehow, these two guards fell asleep. God stepped in. They fell asleep and this stone had been rolled away. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. Now we understand as we read on that these are two angels, okay? But they appeared as men, but they were in glorious, dazzling apparel. Verse 5, "...and as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, "'Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen.'" They, they went in looking to make some sense of what had happened These followers of Jesus had all their hopes built up on him. If you remember, just last Sunday, we celebrated what is called Palm Sunday, and there was a palm branch, and the sash over the cross was purple because it was known as Jesus' triumphal entry. When Jesus triumphantly entered into Jerusalem, he came riding on a donkey, humbly, as a humble king, and yet a king nonetheless, and so people had all their expectation and anticipation built up up and they laid down palm branches and they thought, okay, Jesus is finally coming to deliver us from Rome. Many people saw Jesus as the political savior. They thought Jesus would finally bring victory over their foreign oppressors and and people had expectation for what Jesus would do and then they were looking for life and for purpose and for meaning and for hope and yet Jesus constantly told them things that caused them to scratch their heads and none more than the fact that when he died on the cross, Like we observed here in Good Friday, if you weren't here, I encourage you every year to observe Good Friday before Easter. It it puts Easter into right perspective. The brightness and the colors and the light and where we find ourselves here only makes sense when we understand the horror of what took place on what we call Good Friday. Jesus dying on the cross, but imagine with his followers here, all this anticipation, all this hope, just a week before, Jesus is finally going to usher in his kingdom. Here he comes riding. Yeah, it's not a donkey. I would have picked like a bright white horse, but I don't know, whatever, you know, he chose a donkey, and he's riding in, and they're kind of confused, but still, he, and then he does all these things, and there this anticipation, and then they sit here and watch him bleeding, dying, crying out, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? And then ultimately he prayed, into your hands I commit my spirit, and he breathed his last and he died. Now imagine with me people laying, people sitting there watching their king, their hope, brutally dead. And then they come Looking for his dead body, trying to make some sense of it, trying to honor him, trying to make some sense of life. He died, but well, maybe he'll be a martyr. Maybe he's a good example. Maybe he's a, a, maybe he's a prophet. Maybe he's someone we could base our life after, but he died. Let's go honor his dead body. And yet they were asked, why are you looking for life where it can't be found? Let me ask you the same question this morning. Wh- what are you looking for? I assume we're all looking for something. We all base our lives looking for something, right? We all have careers we've set our, 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 our sights on for the younger people here. You're, some of you are, I was just talking this morning, about a month away from graduation right? You're getting ready. Your are excitement. You've been pouring yourself into this for, for, for years. For others, you, it's, it's a new career. It's a new job prospect. For others, it's a, a hopeful relationship. I hope this one pans out. Right? We all have different things. It's a family. My family is going to be different than the one I grew up in. It, we all have our different things that we're looking for and we're setting up and we're building up something that will finally satisfy, that will finally deliver. But let me just be brutally blunt It's looking for life where it can't be found. It's looking for life among the dead. Again, Jesus' closest followers were constantly scratching their heads, were constantly perplexed by him because like all of us, they were constantly trying to fit Jesus, trying to fit religion, trying to fit something into their own little boxes, their own little categories that finally life would be found from, from this, trying to make sense. Finally, Jesus, though he's confusing, though he died, though all my hopes and dreams were shattered, maybe if I just change it a little bit, it'll work out for me. Maybe this time will be different. Until finally, Jesus' followers came to this tomb and they were asked the question, why are you looking for life among the dead? They were constantly perplexed, constantly found wandering and wanting and unfulfilled and unsatisfied until they came face to face with Jesus risen from the dead. Let's look at one other man who encountered the resurrected Jesus. It's over in Acts chapter nine. I'll have it up here on the screen unless you are able to turn there with me. On that note, I'll just say, too, because I know this is a day sometimes people come to church and you don't come maybe any other day of the year. And that's okay. We're really glad you're here. I hope you'd come back or, you know, any other time. We are here every other Sunday. But uh, I I don't say that to mock or to anything. Again, I acknowledge this is a day. It's a celebratory day. It's a day that people come as family. I do want to take this opportunity, though, to try to break down some of the walls that sometimes churches build up. Um, it's always okay to to turn in your, in, in your Bible in the front, if ever you're, if ever, okay, on behalf of Christians everywhere, I'll just say this, because um, you can always turn to the table of contents, okay? I, full disclosure, I still do that sometimes. I've gone to seminary, I've memorized the books of the Bible, I've learned little cute songs with my kids, and I still forget, and I'm like, where is the book? Where is Hosea? I don't remember. I'm going to look to this. So anyway, that said, if you can't find Acts with me, you can all turn there. In my Bible, it's on page 909. But anyway, just, just trying to be real here, right? So Acts chapter 9, we meet um, a character, Paul, the Apostle Paul, who was a religious guy, he was, uh, and he was looking for life. Again, just like us, we all have different stories, but in his version, he was trying to be legalistic. He was trying to be better than everyone else. He tried to set himself apart. And this Apostle Paul, he was a, a Pharisee. He was a Jewish religious zealot, and he was looking for meaning and purpose by being set apart by observing the law, and this is what it says how he encountered the resurrected Jesus, Acts chapter nine. But Saul, still breathing threats in murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus so that if he found any belonging to the way okay before Christianity was a phrase people referred to followers of Jesus as people who were a part of the way men and women that he might bring them bound to Jerusalem now as he went on his way he approached Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, if you're reading along in a Bible that has red letters, that's because this is Jesus himself speaking. Jesus, look at me, Jesus risen from the dead, says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. Paul. His name was Saul, and then it was changed to Paul. Jesus changed it. He does that sometimes. He changed his whole identity, his whole purpose. So Saul, that was his given name, and he had a particular mission and agenda, right? He was looking for life in his way by being ultra-religious, by doing all the right things, by studying at all the right schools, by having the right degrees, by having the right job, by being better than everyone else. And you saw here, in his version, he was breathing murderous threats because he saw Christians as, as offensive. He saw anyone who followed Jesus as trying to tear down the religious, political, social structure of the day, and he was committed to tearing it down. And so he was going with full fervor, right? He was looking for life. Until he met Jesus and Jesus said, no, no, you've got it all wrong. You're looking for life among the dead. And he met Jesus risen from the dead and everything changed instantly or the word here, suddenly. He said, who are you, Lord? And Jesus revealed himself to him clearly. And he said, I am Jesus risen from the dead and suddenly Everything changed, not just his name, the name is a reflection of his whole identity, his whole life, his whole purpose, who he is could no longer be the same. The same happened with Jesus' closest followers. We asked, how did we get here this morning? How did we go from 12 scared and scattered followers of Jesus? They all ran away. They denied him. They, They turned from him. They pretended like they didn't even know him until they saw Jesus risen from the dead and were told elsewhere that he revealed himself to more than 500 people. And we know history tells us that every single one of Jesus' closest followers ended up dying a brutal death because they were so convinced that Jesus had risen from the dead they could do no other. They couldn't pretend like it hadn't happened. They went from being scared and hiding and, 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 and being cowards to all of a sudden emboldened by the truth that life is found in Jesus risen from the dead. So again, hear me, we all come from different places this morning. I don't know what's brought you here. Perhaps you came to celebrate with some family. Perhaps you came to uh, participate in, in an American tradition, a holiday. Whatever it is, whatever's brought you here, I am convinced it is not by coincidence. I am convinced that we are all here for a purpose, and that is that Jesus is revealing himself to you and to me this morning, and his message is the same for all of us. As John chapter 14, verse 6 says, again, these words are in red. Jesus is saying clearly, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, why would Jesus say this? Why would Jesus say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life? No one comes to the Father but through me. That's kind of a weird thing to say. It's because this. Again, this whole story, Jesus dying on a cross, Jesus raising from the dead, Jesus ascending to heaven, us celebrating these things is kind of weird, right? If we're honest with ourselves, this church stuff is weird. Perhaps you saw some people this morning with their hands raised. I want to just kind of call it like it is. That's weird, right? If... It's a little weird. I do it. I'll admit. Some people here are like, that's not my cup of tea. I'm looking at one of my friends. We always joke about this. Um, You know, some people are like, yeah, it's kind of weird. Why would you do that? If Jesus didn't raise from the dead, that kind of stuff is weird. I do want to call out, all right? We're watching March Madness and different sports things. Yeah, look at some people got their, no one, I don't think anyone here has their chest painted this morning, right? Anyone? I don't think so, right? So if we're honest with ourselves, people do some really weird stuff elsewhere in society, okay? So let's uh, not just pick on church people. But still, it's weird if Jesus didn't raise from the dead. But if he really did raise from the dead, then that warrants our full, then he gets to speak into every facet of life. Then our full, our full praise, our full adoration, our full celebration should rightly be directed toward him. And it's because he, this moment, the, the death and resurrection of Jesus is what has been referred to as the Christ event, the climactic point of all of human history. And it's because this is the story. Okay, let me summarize the scriptures right here for a moment for us. In the beginning, God created all things, the heavens and the earth with his voice. The, the, and he had so much power, all he had to do was to say with his words, let there be light. And there was light. He created everything, the sun, the moon, the galaxy, black holes, the Milky Way that we see, in the beautiful expanse across the sky, the deepest depths of the abyss and the oceans, all of it God created and he said as the climactic point of his creation he created you and me. He created humanity. He created people. He said let us make man in our image as a reflection of himself. bear his image, to reveal his creativity, his glory, his splendor. He created you and me and us so that all of life, so that who we are, so that our, our purpose, our identity, our joy, our pleasure, our hope would all be found in him, would, would flow from him, that we would have a perfect relationship with him and everything would be found from who he is and what he says is good and true and right and beautiful And yet we weren't satisfied. We stopped looking for life in him, but we all individually and communally as humanity turned away. We're told in scripture, we all like sheep have gone away, each one to his own way. We all looked for life where there can only be death separated from God. Well, maybe here, maybe in my job, maybe in this hobby, maybe in this experience. Maybe in this relationship I'll find life. Maybe in this next opportunity I'll find life. And sickness, brokenness, discord, hopelessness, hunger, oppression, all of the brokenness in the world around us is the result of this choice, of this corporate treason of looking for life apart from God. And it seems, right, when we, when we have a small view of sin, when we have a really shallow view, then we talk about the cross, we talk about blood, we talk about Jesus laying his life down, and it sounds really kind of overboard. But when we really press into the reality, the brokenness, the horror of what has come about from us separating from God, we get a better glimpse at why Jesus had to lay his life down in order to put to death the consequence of sin, all the effect of sin, and so Jesus then now we understand as he lay on the cross and he said, it is finished, it is done, the result of sin, the power of sin, the, the, the consequence of sin and its finality has been put to death. It is finished and Jesus breathed his last and then as Jesus victoriously was raised from the dead, the tomb could not hold him, the stone has been rolled away, the light has come crashing in to the darkness and now we understand that is why Jesus and Jesus alone can say he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. No one comes to the Father, no one comes to restoration, no one comes to full and final hope and peace and life and meaning and purpose apart from him. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Look at me. As we close, I want to ask you to consider what does it look like for you to respond to Jesus risen from the dead in the same way that he revealed himself to his closest followers on that Sunday morning, in the same way that he revealed himself to Paul and suddenly everything changed. He's revealing himself to you this morning. For those of us who would call ourselves Christians, we can consider, is my life truly defined by the resurrection of Jesus? As we close and pray, I wanna challenge all of us to maybe consider and pray, God, what parts of my life are not defined by your resurrection? And then as we respond celebratory, we can, we can pray and hope, God, the day is coming where I will not struggle anymore and I pray that you will help me now to live all of life all for Jesus. For others, maybe on the other end of the spectrum that you're here this morning and you say, I'm not there yet, let me ask you, invite you, even challenge you, to perhaps even just humbly pray this prayer. God, if you're there, I wanna believe. Help my unbelief. If you're not quite there yet, if you're not in a place where you could say, yeah, I wanna follow Jesus, I wanna put my hope in him, I I wanna look for life in him, I understand that he and he alone can fully deliver what I've been longing for and looking for among the dead, but I'm not really there yet, then simply pray that prayer. Lord, I wanna believe, help my unbelief. And then for others, I'm gonna give a moment Perhaps this is the morning. Perhaps this is the time when you're seeing Jesus for the first time in a new light, and you're saying, I have looked for life elsewhere where it can't deliver, and I'm sick and tired of of the effort. I'm tired of, of coming up short, of looking in a tomb for life where it has time and time again failed to deliver pray something like this. Go ahead and close your eyes with me and I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, I recognize that I have looked for life where it won't deliver, where it can't deliver. And this morning I recognize that you have sent your son Jesus to die in my place, to put an end to death, to put an end to hopelessness, to put an end to suffering, to put an end to wandering and looking and striving and coming up empty. Lord, I put my hope in Jesus. I trust that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that he is the only way to restored relationship with you. So I give up, I surrender, I hold my hands up and say, I give my life to you. And now, Lord Jesus, for all of us, we pray a prayer of thanksgiving. Lord, we pray that you will uh, lead us now into a time of rejoicing and celebrating the good news of Jesus. Lord, I pray that every single one of us will leave here reminded that Jesus, risen from the dead, defines everything, that that is the climactic point of all of human history, Lord, that every day from here on out, Lord, that our Monday through Friday, our Sunday, our celebration, our, our hobbies, our family time on Saturday, our, our work on Wednesday, our, our, our coming and our going, our raising of our children, our relationships, our broken relationships with our adult children or with our parents, Lord, our broken relationships with ourselves, our, 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 our strained relationships with our spouses, whatever it might look like, I pray that it would all be defined by the hope that there now is in the fact that Jesus has put an end to death and has risen from the dead. It's in his name we pray. Amen.